All right. Uh, we'll have to play that voice note again. I think it got cut off there. Not sure what happened. Apologies uh, for that sound. So let's look then at uh, the latest report looking at the emissions at ESCOM. Laurie Millevita is a lead analyst at the Centre for Research on Energy and Clean Air. Laurie, good morning and thanks for your time today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about this research and how significant it is really. Uh, with pleasure. Um, so what we did was we looked at how um, emissions of sulfur dioxide have developed um, around the world. Um, sulfur dioxide is the most serious health-harming pollutants for, pollutant from coal-fired power plants. And we found that uh, um, um, economies such as China, Europe, the United States have made a lot of progress in reducing uh, this pollutant because governments have required power plants to install emission controls. And uh, the reductions in emissions from these um, in these countries have meant that now ESCOM is the largest corporate emitter out of all the power, um, power companies in the world um, for this health-harming pollutant. Mm. And uh, we know from uh, previous research that uh, um, ESCOM's emissions are responsible for around uh, 2,000 deaths related to air pollution each year. So this is a very serious issue. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about sulfur dioxide and, and what it does to the human body, because I think that's going to be important in order to fully understand why it is such a, pro a, pro a big problem that ESCOM is this big emitter of sulfur dioxide. Absolutely. So the key issue is that uh, when emitted into the air, sulfur dioxide turns into microscopic particles, um, PM2.5 particles. And uh, PM2.5 um, is the deadliest air pollutant in the world. Um, so through um, this process, uh, ESCOM's power plants and other sources of sulfur dioxide emissions are um, contributing to the PM2.5 uh, problem. One of the things that we are seeing is that ESCOM doesn't completely deny the fact that there are people that are killed due to the pollution in, in, in their area. They, they, of course, only dispute the numbers of those people that, that are killed. Um, fair enough. Um, the very key thing that ESCOM has been disputing is uh, um, the, uh, uh, the regulation um, uh, set by the government uh, um, to reduce these emissions. And, and that's the issue here. Um, initially, um, uh, the government came up with minimum emission standards that were supposed to require the installation of sulfur dioxide emission controls at uh, um, all major power plants. Um, by 2020, by last year, and, and uh, this has been postponed now by at least a decade, uh, thanks to opposition from ESCOM and, and others, and, and that's why uh, these emissions are still having this enormous um, uh, impact on, on the health of South Africans. Mm. And what does it say? What does it say about ESCOM and what does it say about us as a country? Um, the fact that our carbon emission, our emissions in this regard, rather, 
only you know continue to to be on the increase whereas other countries like you've mentioned china us the european union have managed to reduce their emissions but uh, you know we even had the likes of china recently saying on a global platform they will no longer be investing in coal power projects elsewhere in the world it's of course a major challenge um we all know um, ESCOM is in a challenging state, to say the very least, uh, financially. But I think this is an opportunity um, to um, require these plants to, to comply with emission standards, close down some of them, and uh, refurbish uh, the rest of the power plants um, to, uh, uh, to have a higher reliability, avoid the kind of uh, uh, blackouts that uh, South Africa has been experiencing, and install proper emission controls. Uh, this combined with, with investment in, in clean energy and renewable energy and so on uh, would really be the way forward. Do you think that there has been enough to actually ensure that ESCOM will meet some of the targets that it has set? If we just look at the, the plan, at least to have a, a net zero status by 2050, is that even plausible given the rate uh, of these emissions right now? Um, reaching um, net zero carbon emissions is certainly feasible. Uh, we know that already when you look at investments in new power generation capacity, the cheap, cheapest way to uh, generate more um, electricity is to um, invest in not in coal, but in uh, zero carbon um, energy sources, and there's no way most of ESCOM's plants uh, run out to 2050. So they need to be replaced, and they um, and the most affordable way to replace them is to, to replace them uh, with clean energy. Mm. That's certainly uh, feasible. Um, uh, in terms of both reducing carbon emissions that contribute to climate change and reducing these health-harming emissions, it's certainly important to have firmer um, milestones in place and uh, and tracking in place. What happened with uh, um, meeting these uh, sulfur dioxide emission standards initially was that they were um, put in place, um, uh, they were initially set almost a decade ago. And then when the deadline started to approach um, in 2020, ESCOM said, oops, we didn't do anything to comply. Mm-hmm. And now you can't force us because that would just mean um, uh, shutting down the country's electricity supply. Um, so making sure that these steps are taken in time um, and in an or- orderly way is absolutely key. The ESCOM spokesperson, Sikonati Manjanja, is, is, is quoted in another report as having said that what they are going to do is to try and to reduce the rate of emissions to acceptable levels. Is that going to make a difference? So if what ESCOM does over the next couple of years is simply meet the requirements that they committed to um, at what would have been over a decade ago, will that be enough? Uh, there's no plan at ESCOM at the moment to, to breach compliance with the minimum emission standards. Mm. So unless... Uh, um, that the company is forced to come up with uh, um, a plan that actually installs 
emission controls, uh, sulfur dioxide emission controls at all of the power plants that will continue to operate beyond uh, 2030 or so. Um, there's just not going to be um, a, a significant improvement um, in the situation. You can't, uh, um, based on what we know about how dangerous these pollutants are, you just can't keep running uh, huge coal-fired power plants without these emission controls. Mm. And, and the, the U.S., China, and and the EU, what what have they done to get this right? And and are they particular lessons that you believe South Africa could and, and should be taking from these countries? Uh, all of these have simply required companies to comply. It's been clear that, that the two choices, either you close down the power plant or you um, install proper um, emission controls. I think, think the example of some of the Eastern European countries might be uh, the closest uh, comparison because they also had old, unreliable, costly power plants um, that uh, it didn't make any sense to keep running um, without uh, retrofitting them. And, and so they combined retrofits that uh, improved reliability, improved efficiency, and uh, that installed new um, emission controls. Um, so the only uh, reasonable way uh, forward is to is to do all of these things. And of course, they closed down um, uh, some of the most decrepit plants that were just uh, uh, beyond salvage. So I, I think anyone in, in South Africa will agree that the current situation with recurring blackouts and so on is not acceptable. And uh, based on what we know about the health impacts of air pollution, the current situation is also not acceptable, and there is a way to um, to address those two issues uh, at the same time. Mm. So, so if I'm hearing you correct, correctly, rather, Laurie, there was political will in in all of these countries to actually not just commit to um, to these targets, but to ensure that it's done and to enforce um, th- those commitments. But absolutely. So it, it's really. Um, key to have the kind of credible regulation that uh, um, that that uh, the major emitters know um, if they don't comply, um, they're going to be closed down. The, the challenge with uh, for South Africa is that uh, this one power company is so dominant that uh, the government just can't threaten it with with closing down plants. So so I think the only way uh, to do this in South Africa. Um, is to really track progress step by step. Have a um, have a timeline for when these uh, when ESCOM needs to um, have the the engineering plans in place to install emission controls. When it needs to um, uh, make the contracts um, for installing them, and when it needs to make the decision about which plants are going to be closed down versus which ones are going to be retrofit, and so on and, and follow along with this timeline, not just set an end date and uh, hope that things will take care of themselves because mm-hmm. that was already tried once. Laurie Mailovita, let me thank you so much for your time today. Lead analyst at the Center for Research on Energy and Clean Air. And Laurie, of course, that interview brings us up to 11 o'clock.